0: Good morning. Is it working this morning? Can you hear out the speakers? Okay, I just can't tell this morning. My ears are not working from up here. Well, it's good to see you all here this morning. Glad that we got gathered together in this wonderful humidity of North Carolina uh, to worship God this morning. So I greet you with grace and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. So things that are going on in the life of the church. If you take a look at the back of your bulletin, uh, you will see things that are going on. We have our Sunday schedule uh, on there. We have our choir meeting tonight at six thirty. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, if you people who haven't been here, they usually come to choir. <coughs> Excuse me. Reach out to them uh, and just make sure that they know we are having a choir meeting tonight at six thirty. Uh, And then you'll see we're having a PPRC meeting on the 25th. That's just a couple of days away. We're going to have that at 6.30. Uh, And you'll see there the list of those who are in that committee. Uh, We do have our prayer lab on the basketball court for anyone that would like to use that for prayer time. And, of course, we always have this space open and available for that. You'll see in upcoming events, September 12th is our homecoming. Our speaker will be Clay Morgan. Uh, and we're planning to have a meal afterwards out here at the picnic tables as long as weather permits. So uh, be ready with your favorite dishes for that. That's only a couple weeks out. Uh, and then September 13th through the 16th we'll be having our revival camp meeting. Uh, and we're only going to do four nights this week. So we're doing Monday through Thursday. Uh, and we have three speakers lined up. We have a couple of bands lined up. i will get those that we know into next week's bulletin uh, for just purposes of trying to figure out who's going to be here so y'all can see and make plans for that. Uh, Are there any other announcements this morning? All right, well, seeing no other announcements this morning, let us begin our worship time this morning with prayer. So let us pray. Holy One, you have called us to this place, a place where we find your Spirit, We have gathered here to pray and to be forgiven, to love and be loved, and to hear the word boldly proclaimed as we apply it to our lives. Open our hearts to the mystery of your word. Remind us that your word is proclaimed in the life of Jesus the Christ. Help us believe in you and in your love for us. In the holy name of Christ we pray, amen. So our song of preparation this morning is Better is One Day by Cutlass. So let us sing and actually pray the words as we sing this morning. So let us sing Better is One Day. There is one day in your house than thousands elsewhere. As we continue this morning in the house of the Lord, we now take time to offer up our prayers of concerns, our prayers of joy, so that we can pray with and celebrate with one another. So we put out a new list last week. Uh, Are there any to add to that list this week uh, as we come together as a community? George Lengthen. Okay. I have no idea how to spell that. So just let me know later and we'll make sure it gets on there spelled correctly. So we'll pray for George. Anyone else? All right. Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we are so thankful that we can come to this place to worship, that we can come together as a community of faith, as the people who are called followers of Christ. We come knowing that we can bring our joys and our concerns to you. We come knowing and trusting that you are in control we come with our own doubts and our own fears. But Lord, we can trust in you always. Trust that you are always with us. Trust that you are always wherever we are and to wherever we're going. And Lord, this morning we have come gathered as a community to pray for others. To lift up prayers for ourselves. But most importantly to give our hearts to you. To ask you to help those who are in our friends. Those who are of our families. Lord we have a list that takes up a whole half a page of names. And you know each and every one. And it seems like we keep adding to this list and to our own personal list, Lord, and it doesn't seem like they're ever coming off, but Lord, we know that it is all in your control. And we pray that your will will be done. So, Lord, this morning as we have come together, help us to empty our hearts of the worries of the struggles, So that you can fill our hearts with peace and joy. And so that we can feel and know your presence. And that we can be totally a part of you. So Lord, this morning we give up our praise. And we give these people to you. And we come together with. Many other congregations that are gathering, have gathered, or will be gathered later this day. With the many generations who have been gathering before us and praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, who nevertheless against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 84, verses 1 through 12. Let us read this psalm together. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of heavenly forces. My very being longs, even yearns for the Lord's courtyards. My heart and my body will rejoice out loud to the living God. Yes, the sparrow too has found a home there. The swallow has found herself a nest where she can lay... Her young beside your altars, Lord of heavenly forces, my King, my God. Those who live in your house are truly happy. They praise you constantly. Those who put their strength in you are truly ha- happy. Pilgrimage is in their hearts. They go from strength to strength, until they see the supreme God in Zion. Lord God of heavenly forces, hear my prayer. Listen closely, Jacob's God. Look at your shield, God. Pay close attention to the face of your anointed one. Better is a single day in your courtyards than a thousand days anywhere else. The Lord is a sun and shield. God is favor and glory. The Lord gives, doesn't withhold, good things to us who walk with integrity. Lord of heavenly forces, those who trust in you are truly happy. Amen. Well, we are always continually grateful for all the gifts offering tithes and time that is given to Lovejoy and the community So this morning, let me offer this prayer for all those gifts that we give back to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for these gifts. We offer them to you, seeking your blessing, that they might be used to welcome all and to inspire faith in our community. We offer our very selves, asking that we might become your faithful followers. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Our message text this morning uh, is the conclusion of John 6, verses 56 through 69. So hear now the words from the Gospel of John. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread your ancestors ate and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Many of his disciples who heard this said, this message is harsh. We, who can hear it? Jesus knew that the disciples were grumbling about this and said to them, Does this offend you? What if you were to see the human one going up where he has before? The spirit is the one who gives life and the flesh doesn't help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Yet some of you don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who wouldn't believe and the one who who would betray him. He said, For this reason I said to you that none can come to me unless the Father enables them to do so. At this, many of his disciples turned away and no longer accompanied him. Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also want to leave? Simon Peter answered, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life We believe and know that you are God's holy one. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come this morning to hear your word, we have sung praises, we have heard your scriptures read, we have read your psalms. Now, Lord, may you speak to us in the message of this day. May the words of your servant's mouth, And the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So we are in the last part of the Bread of Life discourse, the last part of chapter 6. And last week I ended with a quote from Wayne Meeks, and that's where I want to begin today. Wayne Meeks says, as even many disciples would observe, this teaching is difficult. Those who accept it commit themselves to a life of irony, to seeing the world strangely, to a permanent skepticism about what seems only common sense to most of those who are comfortable in the world. So Wayne is talking about how much different... How much more we need to be different in a world that seems so much the same at times and so much split. In my readings this week, I came across Dawn Wilhelm, and she gave three insights to this text. She says, first, the passage will not let us forget how strange the message of the Christian faith really is. Jesus said, eat his body, drink his blood. And with just a few words, Jesus manages to offend other Jews and alienate everyone else. Jesus manages to just gather great crowds around him, but little by little, as they listen to his message, the people turn away until there are only a few of his closest disciples remaining. Now, this passage is not really intended to reinforce our complacency or to discourage us from witnessing the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. But it will help us remember that our calling is a strange and difficult one. It is more than skin deep, reaching beneath the surface of our lives and into our workplaces, our bank accounts, our family relationships, our eating habits, our daily schedules, and all the other ways we choose to live and die for Christ and our neighbors. So I ask, do we find it strange to be a follower of Christ? Have we ever had moments when we have just said that this is weird or strange? Have we had times that it felt awkward when showing someone compassion, grace, mercy, or love? See, the, strangers, the strangeness of being a follower of Christ is just that. The feeling of being a stranger in this world. And see, this is where Dawn's second insight comes in. Because she says in Peter's confession in verse 68 and 69, when Jesus asked the twelve if they also want to turn away from following him, Peter answers with a very, his very own question. Lord, where can we go? Now, we could interpret this as either an expression of despair or an expression of exultation. Where else do we have to go? Surely, there were many places Peter and his friends could have turned. There was business prospects, family commitments, the comforts of home, and the search for social status that called for their attention. There is always another dollar to be earned, another purchase to be made, another relationship to explore, another position to pursue, another enemy to withstand, another grief to mourn, or another country to explore. But Peter knew what he had found. In following Jesus, he came to recognize that Jesus was the Holy One of God, who alone possessed the words of eternal life life. Now, Peter understood that there was no other place to be. Unfortunately, not all those who heard and followed Jesus around believed this. See, Peter and the twelve had found the gift of life, the gift of eternal life that Jesus was giving. And Amy Howe says this, they yearned for home. The disciples yearned for home and they were at the doorstep. Surely they will embrace Jesus and walk through the door. But no. Many of the disciples complain that this teaching is too difficult. And Jesus asks them if he offends them. He reminds them that the Spirit gives life and his words are spirit and life. And yet there are many who will not believe, many who refuse the safety of the security of this home in Christ. The very thing they have yearned for that is being offered for them, and still they turn away from this gift. Why on earth would some of the disciples walk away from a chance to abide in God, to dwell in Jesus and Jesus to dwell in them? Why would they not want to go home we so different we've heard it said home is where the heart is where are our hearts are they in jesus if they are we are home when we are with him but have there been many times that we may have stepped on the porch of this house of the god and looked out Longing to belong to a community that, does, that sees us as strangers, sees us as the other. Wanting to be liked instead of persecuted. Have we wanted to fit in and not be seen as different? You see, Peter and the twelve were seen as different because they were with Jesus, but they felt safe and secure with Jesus. Because they were home. The twelve. John's gospel is an interesting gospel. It doesn't follow some of the same patterns or give us the same information as the other three. This is the first time that we hear in the gospel that Jesus' close disciples are named as the twelve. And their decision not to turn away but to walk forward with Christ draws them into a community. A community of faith. Now it was not any particular creed or mission statement or style of worship or service program that unites them as the body of Christ. It is their professed willingness to follow Jesus that renders them a community of faith. What a blessed word to remember as we recognize our own mission statements, our budget priorities, worship attendance, and other preoccupations of church life. That we don't come together because of these things. That it is our commitment to follow Christ alongside others that makes us the people of God. The church of Christ was never meant to be inside of of a building. It was always meant to be a community of faith. It was not meant to be a place that we worship in. It was always meant to be a community of faith. The church was never meant to be boxed in by the beauty of a worship space. It was meant to be in the community serving the people of God. It was meant to be out fighting for justice, standing beside the oppressed, holding politicians accountable, welcoming the refugee, working towards peace, showing love no matter what the race, political affiliation, sex, sexual orientation, disability, or wealth. Society has put too many barriers between the community. Living in Christ, living in the community of faith, is to break down those barriers. Because God doesn't have barriers. Because he loves each and every one of us. All people. Whether we do or not. Whether we separate or label them and try to be different from them. We are all still a community of faith as believers in Christ. And one of the crazy things about that is that the community is made up of misfits and sinners. And I'm one of them, I'm a misfit, I'm a sinner. Jesus is always there for me. I'm not always perfect in my faith. And I haven't seen many that have been. But what I have seen is the power of Christ. The power that he has to forgive. The power to love me even when I feel unloved. And because God loved us enough to send His Son to be the bread of life, we are saved and brought into eternal life. Those who followed Jesus grumbled and disputed among themselves for what Jesus was saying. But the twelve stuck by. The twelve stuck by Jesus because they didn't see any other place to go. Because they understood who Jesus actually was, whether they actually understood it or not. Because in their following of Christ, they learned that in Christ was home. And in the community of Christ was a community that was like no other. That actually cared for everyone else. And didn't care whether you were a tax collector, a prostitute, an outcast, someone who lived in a colony because of some sickness. what kind of grumbling do we do? What kind of disputing do we do among ourselves when it comes to the love of God? Jesus is the bread of life. Are we ready to eat his flesh drink his blood for the gift of eternal life? Not immortality. Eternal life. Where there is no fear. Where all things have been conquered. And where God is in control. Jesus is the bread of life. And it's a gift from God. Let us accept it. Even though we don't understand it. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, our song of invitation this morning is All Who Are Thirsty. This is usually a good communion song, but as we have been talking about Jesus is the bread of life, I think it is a fitting song to sing, to hear to pray as we end this discourse of Jesus being the bread of life. So let us sing together.
1: To the fountain, dip your heart in the streams of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away. Oh uh-huh.
0: Holy Spirit, come. Receive now this benediction as we depart from this place. Brothers and sisters, go from this place boldly proclaiming the love of Christ, so all may know the name of God. So go in peace, and may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen.